This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. The Sealed Book was a radio series of mystery and terror tales, produced and directed by Jock McGregor for the Mutual Network. Each week, after the sound of the great gong, host Philip Clark observed that the mysteriously silent keeper of the book has opened the ponderous door to the secret vault, wherein is kept the great sealed book, in which is recorded all the secrets and mysteries of mankind through the ages. Here are tales of every kind, tales of murder, madness, dark deeds, strange and terrible beyond all belief. Tonight's episode is entitled, King of the World. (laughs) The Sealed Book. Once again, the keeper of the book is ready to open the ponderous volume in which is recorded all the secrets and mysteries of mankind through the ages. All the strange and mystifying stories of the past, present, and the future. of the book. What tale will you tell us this time? Mm, what tale shall I tell you? I have here tales of every kind. Tales of murder, of madness, of dark deeds and events strange beyond all belief. 
Do you understand the responsibility is all yours? That's all right, Professor. You let me do the worrying. Now, come on, let's have a shot of that stuff. Very well. Shall we roll up your sleeve? Sure. I don't try pulling a fast one, Professor. It won't be healthy. May I ask why you're so anxious to have my serum? Any guy in my rocket who can take a slug and not feel it would be top man. I see. Just host it a moment. All right, go ahead. Uh, that's all. Hey, my wounds, they're gone. Why, there isn't even a mark on my arm to show where they were. I told you it healed faster than the eye could see. Yeah, it's like a miracle. Think of it. I can't be killed. Nothing can stop me now. I can move in on all the rackets and take them all over. Yes, sir, I'll be king of the world. Hello, Duke. What do you want to see me about? I'm kind of busy. I won't take up much of your time. I'm after a job. Well, I'd like to give you one, but I have a room for another man. You're wrong. There's one job in your racket that's going to be open soon. Yours. Mine? Yeah. <laughs> Duke, you've got a funny sense of humor. Yeah, I know. But this is one time I'm not kidding. You better be kidding or it might not be healthy for you. I don't have to worry about my health anymore. You'd better go while the going's good. I like it here. You're the one who's leaving. Right now. You haven't got a gun, Duke. The boys saw to that. <laughs> and I have. You're a little nervous, aren't you, Williams? Stay where you are. I'll let you have it. I don't scare easily. Not anymore. You ask for... <laughs> Couldn't have missed. I won't this time. <laughs> don't seem to be able to stop me, Williams. I shot you. I tell you, I shot you. Why did you fall? <laughs> oh. Oh, it can't be. I put six bullets into you. Why did you fall? Your gun is empty now, Williams. It's just you and me. No, don't, don't. I'll do anything you say. Stay away. <laughs> Too bad, Williams. You should have resigned when I gave you the chance. But you would be stubborn. That's what they'll all get if they stand in my way. Come on in. <laughs> I'm just totaling up the take for last month. Going to be quite a haul. Ah, Duke, you're headed for trouble. You've been expanding too fast, stepping on too many people's toes. They don't want to get stepped on. They better stay out of my road. <laughs> They've tried to bump me off a half a dozen times in the past month, and I'm still alive. Yeah, Duke, what is it that keeps you up even after they put a dozen slugs into you? Your job is to carry out my orders, not to ask questions. Oh, I, I didn't mean anything by it. I hope you didn't. Now, look, I want you to pick up a fast car. We're going after the Horton Diamond tonight. The Horton Diamond? Yeah. Ah, oh, Duke, that's suicide. We're cleaning up right here. Why risk our necks on a dangerous job? Because I want the Horton Stone. The way I got it figured, we can't miss. Remember, their guns can't stop me. Hey, 
you're 70 the best you can get out of this car. I got my foot down to the floor now. Hey, look at that diamond, Mike. Isn't it a beauty? Think of it. I got a half a million bucks right in my hand. Yeah, a lot of good it's going to do us if we don't shake that police car. Yeah, you're right. They're hanging on. We got to shake them. Uh, there's nothing more I can do. I'm pushing this crate as fast as it'll go. All right, look out for this curve. We're taking it too fast. Hey, I can't control look it. Look out. We're going over it. They must have been doing all of 70 when they crashed. Yeah. They'll sure have a hard time identifying this guy behind the wheel. What a mess. What about the other guy? Let's have a look. Say, there isn't a mark on him. He's unconscious, but he doesn't appear to be hurt at all. But he must be after a crash like this. Take a look for yourself. I tell you, this guy is going to live. A lot of good it'll do him. After killing two guards of the Horton estate, he's headed for the electric chair. story of the king of the world as it is written here in the sealed book. Duke Parson, having been duly tried and sentenced for the murders he committed, is being strapped into the electric chair. (laughs) Warden, you're wasting your time. This isn't the last mile for me. I'm one guy you can't fry. All right, Richards, we can proceed now. (laughs) 
Will you examine the body, Doctor? Sorry to disappoint you, Warden, but I'm not dead. But you must be. No man has ever lived through it. I'm not like other men, Warden. You can't kill me. Richards, unstrap the prisoner from the chair. What's happened must be due to a mechanical defect. That must be it. Hey, you look a little pale, Warden. It's good to get out of that chair. It's not very comfortable. But why are you all backing away from me? You afraid I'll hurt you? I'll just take this gun. Uh, that's better now. All right, Warden. Start marching. You're going to lead me to freedom if you want to live. Let me in, Joe. Wait. That's better. Hey, you look as though you'd seen a ghost, Joe. The papers are full of stories about your escape. They say the juice was turned on, and yet when it was over, you got up and walked away. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> I told him I was one guy too big to be killed. Look, Duke, I can't afford any trouble with the cops. You know I'm a three-time loser. Shut up. I'm still giving orders. You'll do as I say. The cops can only send you up for life. I can do worse. Don't talk like that. Duke, you know you can count on me. I'll do anything you say. Uh, you'd better. I'm going to hole up here for a couple of weeks until the heat's off. Meanwhile, I'm going to make plans, big yeah. plans. I'm bigger than just being the king of the underworld. If I organize things right, there's no reason I can't use the underworld to take over the rest of the world. Yeah, that would make me king of the world. Wouldn't be hard to either. Why is that clock so loud? I can't even hear myself talk. What clock? There isn't any in this apartment. Are you deaf? Can't you hear it? No, Duke. Honest. I don't hear a thing. You must be imagining things. I don't know. I don't hear it so loud now either. Yeah, I guess maybe it was my imagination. Yet I could have sworn. Well, never mind. I got other things to think of. Big things. Don't you sit down, Duke, and take it easy. I'm tired of sitting. Three weeks in this rat trap is enough for anyone. I've had about enough. The heat's on as big as ever, Duke. I never saw them as anxious to get anyone. Every time I go out, I expect some dick to trail me back to this hideout. Suppose you let me do the worrying, Sure, huh? sure, I... I was only talking. Uh, have you been having any more of those attacks lately? I'm okay. Stop talking about it. It's bad enough without having to be reminded about it. I don't want to hit... Hey, what's that? What, Duke? That buzzing sound. It keeps growing louder and louder. I don't hear nothing. Listen, you must hear it. It's a fly. Yeah, and it's getting louder. I tell you, I can't stand it. Fly? Yeah. I don't hear it. Wait, there's one over there flying around us cracks. Well, do something, will you? I can't stand the noise. It's driving me crazy. Take it easy, Duke. I'm doing my best to kill it. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Joe. It's gone now. For a while, I thought I'd blow my top. Maybe you'd better see a doctor, Duke. You've been getting these attacks more and more these past three weeks. Uh, no doctor can do me any good. There's only one man that can help me. Who's that? That's the professor.
You, uh, you remember me, don't you, Professor? Yes, of course. I've been reading quite a bit about you in the papers lately, Mr. Farson. Uh, your serum was all right, Professor. It saved me from being electrocuted, but I don't know, these last three weeks, something's happened and I don't like it. Mm, suppose you tell me about it. I keep getting attacks. Maybe I'm listening to the radio. Everything's fine. Then all of a sudden it grows louder, as though someone was turning it on full blast. Mm -hmm. It pounds on my head until I think I'm going crazy. Professor, I, I can't stand it. you you got to help me. You recall that when you asked for my serum, I told you it hadn't been perfected? Well? That I didn't know what effect it would have on the human body? Yeah, yeah, I know, but you, you got to help me now. I, I can't go on this way. I keep waiting for the next attack. Each one is worse than the last. You remember my great Dane Caesar, don't you? Yeah, sure. He tried to take a piece out of my throat, didn't he? I'll open this trap door. You can see him in the cellar. Huh? Yeah, there he is, Mr. Farson. Well, what's wrong with him? Why does he keep whining like that? Caesar, too, received an injection of the serum, Mr. Farson, six months before you received yours. Yeah? Now, every sound he hears is a hundredfold greater. I'm speaking to you in normal tone of voice. Yet to Caesar, I'm shouting unbearably loud. You, you mean that... Caesar has passed into a condition where every sound is sheer torment. To be quite frank, he went insane three months ago. Oh. Well, why don't you kill him? Put him out of his misery. You forget, Mr. Farson, that the serum still protects him from death. He can't die. And is that... Is that what'll happen to me in a few months? Yes, I'm sorry to say. But, Professor, there must be something you can do. Maybe you got another serum, huh? Anything. I've got money. I'm sorry, but uh, it isn't a question of money. I can offer you no help. I can't go on this way, waiting for each new attack. And then in the end, if only there was an end, if only I could die. Possibly there is a way out. There is? Tell me. I'll do anything. As you know, my serum can prevent death from a dozen bullet wounds. But there might be one way its great healing powers could be defeated. Yeah, which way is that? If you were to use an explosive, a powerful explosive, you might blow yourself up into so many pieces that the serum would no longer be able to defeat death. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. One of the mob once had an accident with nitro. They never found a trace of him. Yeah. Yeah, nitro. That would do the trick. Yes, quite possibly. If the attacks continue and they're beyond endurance, it may be your one way of escape. My my one way of escape? Once I thought that with your serum, I'd come to rule the world. Now I'm looking for a way out of it. You do. Yeah. You expecting someone else? No, no, of course not. What are you so jittery about? Who, me? Yeah. I'm okay. What the guy you went to see say? He can't help me. No one can. What are you going to do, Duke? There's nothing I can do but wait. Maybe, maybe he was wrong. Maybe I won't get them attacks anymore. After all, just because it happened to the dog doesn't mean that... Hey, what's that? That steady pounding. It's growing louder and louder. Must be another attack. I, I can't stand it. 
pump keeps pounding, pounding louder and louder. Maybe it's the faucet in the kitchen. It's been leaking lately. I'll have a look at it. I can't go on this way. I tell you, I can't. It's gone now, but there'll be another attack. And then another. The faucet was leaking. I just turned it off. Was that what was troubling you, Duke? Yeah. It's no use. I can't go on this way, waiting for it to happen all the time. And then ending up like that dog. What dog? Never mind. Get out the car. We're going on a little trip. Trip? Yeah. Where to, Duke? Upstate to the old hideout. I'm going to try to take the one way out. You tell me what we come to this old place for? You'll see. Come on. What are you looking around for? Nothing. Nothing at all. Have you got the shovel? Yeah. Won't you at least tell me what we need the shovel for? You're going to do some digging for me in the cellar. There's something buried in the cellar? Yeah, nitro. All right, here's the cellar door. Nitro? You mean that's what's buried down there? Yeah. We stored it here for safe cracking jobs. Now I got a better use for it. You are going to get me to dig it up and be suicide. You saved this gun, don't you, Joe? You haven't much choice. Now start down those steps. But I can't see. It, it's pitch dark down here. That's okay. Just feel your way down the steps. We get to the bottom, I'll light a candle. Dude, please don't make me. Keep going. Dude, that was the bottom step. What about lighting the match? Okay, just a second. I've got one here. Grab him, Ross. I got his gun. I got him. Let go of me. I got to reach that nitro. Let's go. Get him, coppers. Get him or he'll blow us all over. Ah, you rat. You squealed on me. All I light on him, Jordan. All I slip the cuffs on him. I got him. You've got to let me get to the nitro. It's the only way I can die. He's as crazy as a loon. Yeah. A place for this guy's in a padded cell. All right, Farson, then you go. Right. Uh, there. You won't be able to hurt yourself in that nice padded cell. All right. And you won't be able to hear any of those loud noises again, no, either. No, no noises. There aren't any radios or watches or automobile yeah. horns that can bother you in that cell. Yeah. It's guaranteed 100% soundproof. <laughs> now be a good boy. Oh, you got to let me go. I want to die, do you hear? You can't let me live and suffer these attacks. Let me out of here. Let me out, do you hear? I can't stay. Oh, it's starting again. Another attack. It's growing louder and louder. A steady pounding. Oh, it's my heart beating. Growing louder and louder. I can't stop it. I can't stop it. I can't stop it. And that is the story of the king of the world, as it is written in the sealed book. Years have passed, but Duke Ferguson is still locked up in the padded cell. Day and night he begs to be executed, and yet at the same moment he knows he can't die, that the serum in his blood has given him immortality, 
and sentence him to a life filled with torturous sounds from which there is no escape. There is no escape. It is so written here in the sealed book. But the sound of the great gong tells me I must close the great book once again. One moment, keeper of the book. What story from the sealed book will you tell us next time? Next time? (laughs) What shall it be? A tale of madness? Of terror? Of dark deeds in far lands? For I have them here. All the stories that ever happened. And many that have yet to come to pass. But I'll find one for you in just a moment. And now, keeper of the book, have you found the story you'll tell next time? Yes, yes, I found one. It's a story about a ruthless man who put money above all and wouldn't stop at murder to achieve his ends. The title of the tale is Death Spins a Web. Be sure to be with us again next time when the great gong heralds another strange and exciting story from... (laughs) The Sealed Book. The Sealed Book, written by Bob Arthur and David Cogan, is produced and directed by Jock McGregor. Stay tuned for The Red Skelton Show next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for The Red Skelton Show, where we'll hear about Junior's secret. Skelton's back and Friday got him. Procter & Gamble brings you the Red Skelton Show, starring Red Skelton, Dave Rose and his orchestra, our singing stars, the Four Knights, Verna Felton, Lorene Tuttle, Pat McGee, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. <laughs> yes, it's the Red Skelton Show, brought to you by Tide, Procter & Gamble's amazing new discovery for your whole family watch. <laughs> from Metro Golden Mayor, the star of our show, Red Skelton. Thank you very much, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Rod, how was your trip to Texas with Art Linkletter last Tuesday? It was wonderful. Say, you look happy tonight. Yeah, I am. I invested $500 and got me a new used car. <laughs> <laughs> now, what can you get for $500? A rookin'. <laughs> And I drove the thing up the alley to park it in the garage And one ash can nudged the other and says Look, there's one with wheels <laughs> Quite a car, though, quite a car I've got to see it Well, it's stacked up outside here <laughs> Things so old, when I got licensed I had to get upper and lower plates <laughs> Ruby, though, it's a big black one You can lay down in the back you know? Is it a convertible? Huh? Is it a convertible? Oh, yeah, I can always get my money back <laughs> I mean, does the top go up and down? All the time. 
because it's so affectionate, you know. Affectionate? Yeah, you see, there's no brakes on it. When you come to a stop street, you should see how it snuggles up to the other car. <laughs> well, uh, how's the pickup? Well, uh, it's much better than walking, but you'd get there much quicker if you did. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I said that, brother. <laughs> Please laugh quicker. The lights are fading my skin. <laughs> no kidding. The car is so bad that you got to throw it in second to get over a pedestrian. Well, I don't think of something. Yeah. How is it on mileage? Well, it's not too good, but I don't worry about the gas. I've got a skeleton credit card. Oh, you mean a siphon hose and a five-gallon Read can? Read your own lines. <laughs> No, not a siphon can. Hosing a can, I got a, a shovel in a bucket. It burns coal, you know. Well, what kind of a car is it? I think it's a Lincoln, the beard showing through the upholstery. Well, I still can't figure out why you'd let anyone sell you a car like that. Well, uh, what do you mean? It's a good car. Only one thing I'm worried about, I can't get tires for a 198 car, you know. Were well, the tires bad, too? Well, yeah, I'm practically flat on my rims. <laughs> well, what are you going to do about tires? Well, I tried tying tennis shoes on the back wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't it work? Yeah, but when I drive home late at night, it gives me the feeling somebody's following me. <laughs> Any soap? Yes, any soap. Hold your get out of there, gal. You aiming to give the impression that Tide gets clothes cleaner than, than, than just soap? Deadeye, if you hadn't interrupted the gal, she'd have told you Procter & Gamble's Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap, any other suds, any other washing product known. Well, let me say oh, will you? <laughs> From your fussiest company linens down to your dustiest, dirtiest work clothes, Tide gets your whole family wash cleaner. Because Tide not only leaves clothes free from dirt, it removes dingy soap film, too. Yet with all this miracle cleaning power, Tide is safe. Truly safe for all your washable colors. In fact, Tide actually brightens soap dull colors. Perks them up amazingly. And when it comes to white things, shirts, pillowcases, table linens, in hardest water, Tide gets them whiter than any other washing product known. Tide gets them whiter, keeps them whiter week after week. Never turns them yellow. As did I would say, the woods is full of washing products, but Tide and only Tide gives you this terrific combination. The cleanest, brightest, whitest wash you ever hung on the line. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here is radio's newest sensation from the claim from the critics, that is. Uh, they're going to sing uh, the Darktown Stutters Ball, the Four Nights. I'll be down to get you in a taxi, honey. You better be ready about half past eight. Come on, baby, now don't be late. I want to be there when the band starts swinging. Just remember when we get there, honey. Two steps, we're going to have them all. Dance at both my shoes when they play the Jelly Roll Blues. That's tomorrow night at the Darktown Stutters Ball. Oh, 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 oh,
Let me tell you, baby, I'll be down to get you in a taxi, honey. Be ready about half past eight. Oh, baby, don't be late. I wanna be there swinging when the band start jumping. Just remember when we get there, honey. Two steps, we gonna have them all. The dance out both of my shoes. The band play the general blue. Tomorrow night at the dark town shuttle. I'll be down. We got to get you in a wheelbarrow, honey. Why? Taxi cab costs too much money. Yes. Oh, baby, don't be late. Come on, be there swinging when the band starts jumping. Just remember when we get there, honey. Two steps, we're going to have them all. Dance out both my shoes when they play the general blues. Oh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Yes, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Oh, tomorrow night at the dark town shuttle Now, ladies and gentlemen, the story of a man who hates speeches at a banquet. Hey, taxi, taxi! <laughs> hey, what are you up on? Tell me, is the banquet over? Huh? Is the banquet over? It is for me. <laughs> they found me drinking out of the wrong punch bowl. I didn't know there was anything wrong. Till I saw the goldfish high and dry. <laughs> hey, drive me home, will you, Cabby? You go where I Sure. Uh, Why are you leaving so early, Willie? Well, I don't like those long, drawn-out speeches, you know. Yeah, I sympathize with you. Yeah. Some of those guys are windy old birds, all right. Uh, you ain't kidding. Did you know that I went to a banquet once? <laughs> <laughs> and a guy got up and made a speech why Hoover should be re-elected, and before he finished... Roosevelt was in for the third term. Tell me, Willie, uh, what happened tonight? Well, at first I got in a little trouble with the chair lady, you know, the woman chairman there, you know. She couldn't quiet the crowd down. I tried to... Now, will the guy please hand over her teeth, the one that got him? Maybe the microphone isn't on. Well, here, let me test it. Here, testing, testing. Oh, oh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, Jack Queen King. Hello, hello. It's on. I don't know. They're a bunch of rude people. I'll quiet them down. Hand me that bottle of champagne there. That did it. I want to make a little speech myself. Gentlemen and ladies. Oh, please, Mr. Uh, Lumplump, address the meeting correctly. It's ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah? Certainly. Ladies are always before gentlemen. On what bus? <laughs> Please sit down. You're a disgrace to this gathering. Well, so what? I got something important to say. Something real important. Well, what is it? Hmm? What is it? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> well, do you have an announcement or not? Yeah, I got it written down here on this tablecloth. I'll just have to oh, take no, it. Oh, no, don't pull that tablecloth. You'll smash all those dishes. Oh, no, I won't. 
Oh, yes, you will. Oh, no, I won't. Oh, yes, you will. Well, I hate to admit it, but you're right. Give me that microphone. Oh, don't strain at your choker, will you? All right, two characters, I have an announcement to make. Due to the fact that Monday comes on Tuesday, this Wednesday, our regular Thursday meeting will be held on Friday, this Saturday, because Sunday's the holiday and I can't. Tell me, Willie, was anybody there making the political speech? Yeah, there was one big bloke, and that's when we broke it up. He wasn't very well liked here. Senator, do you remember me? Oh, let me see, let me see. Uh, could you give me a little hint? Could you give me a hint? I was your first wife. Oh, how stupid of me. Uh, how stupid of me? Yeah. How are you, my dear? How's your mother? How's your mother? My mother. You know about my mother? Oh, of course. She's still living with me. When you sued for separate maintenance, you got the house, I got the custody of your mother, remember? How come you got into politics? Well, it happened during the Depression. It was either go to work or into politics. <laughs> you know me, I take the hard way. <laughs> Did you know this? I'm wearing your campaign button. Well, lift your head, your chin's covering it a little there. Are you insinuating that I have a double chin? Oh, no, my dear, I, you'd only have one chin. It just unfolded on you, Zong. <laughs> Oh, before you start your speech, can I get you anything? Yeah, uh, put some uh, water on the table, will you? You mean to drink? No, I'm going to stop every 15 minutes and rinse out a few things. <laughs> will you hurry up and announce me? i got to catch a train. i, I got to get back to oh, Washington. my. You must be an important man these days. Well, the investigating committee thinks so. Are you on it? Oh, no, they're on me. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I now give you a man you have all been waiting to meet. Yeah, up a dark alley somewhere. <laughs> a man you have heard a lot about. Yeah, but tell him it's all lies. I'll explain everything in the investigation. I give you Senator Blowhard. Well, won't somebody join me? <laughs> my friends, before I make my speech, I'd like to say a few words. If I'm elected, I want you to know I'll be one of the best politicians that money can buy. <laughs> I intend to conduct my campaign a little different I don't intend to stand here and throw mud at my opponents He's a fine man A mighty fine man Only thing I can't understand is why he runs around with other women And neglects his children so <laughs> I got something to say, folk And I'm going to say it too Just as soon as I find it here <laughs> here in your beautiful city, where visitors are greeted with outstretched arms. Ah, drop dead, you bum. A city that welcomes strangers. Get out of town, sourpuss. You're curdling the cream of our society. <laughs> Tourist. <laughs> Hurry up and finish so we can fumigate. All I... <laughs> All I ask you to do is to use your right to vote. And if you vote for me, I hope you use it four or five times if you can. <laughs> Before we start paying our exterminator overtime <laughs> You taxpayers <laughs> I'm here to tell you about our party's platform In fact, I may be here for a few weeks Ooh. But I doubt it Let's hear about your platform I'm for labor, I'm for capital I'm for the middle classes And above all, I'm for Mother's Day <laughs> Yes, sir, you put me in office And I'll put a mother in every garage 
Prosperities will be everybody's. Not only will one night be Saturday night, but every night Saturday night. That's without bad. <laughs> Not only will a few with money be able to paint the town red, but all of us paint the town red. I got news for you, Doc. The few things that are painting the town red now ain't got a chance because too many of us like the white and blue paint that goes with it. Here, hey, here. you big ham. Here's something to go with you. Ooh, who threw that egg? Please, I think you'd better sit down, Mr. Blowhard. They're throwing things. No, sir, I've got freedom of speech over here. Joe said I was to use it, too. <laughs> yes, sir, and I'll use it by all the power that's infected it, injected in me. Here, take that. Here, here, stop it. Please, friends, if you're going to throw eggs, take them out of the chickens first. <laughs> And now David Rose and his Procter & Gamble Orchestra will play Sunrise Serenade. Good day, Rose. 
page from the Mean Little Kid's Diary. Have you ever tried to keep a secret from a youngster? Well, it's almost impossible. And sometimes it can be embarrassing, too, especially if it's Junior, the mean widow kid. Lorindia, you'd better hurry or you'll be late for work. Oh, I dread going to work today, Mother. It's the beginning of the store's big fall sale. Oh, where's Junior? Junior! Yes, kiddo? Come kiss Mother goodbye. I'm going to work now. Okay, okay. Okay, pucker up, pucker up. Oh, goodness, you smeared my lips. Well, look, you smeared me chocolate frosting, too. <laughs> oh, look at my face. Boy, you that so chocolate mammy, from mammy. ear to ear. <laughs> Mother, why do you let him lick your frosting bowl so early in the morning? I didn't let him lick the bowl. In fact, my frosting isn't done yet. Oh, I got a newsflash, kiddo. It's done and gone. <laughs> We'll discuss that later, too. Okay. Oh, now, now, you look all right, dear. Hurry or you'll miss the bus. Oh, well, you'll miss your bus. Goodbye, dear. Bye, Junior dear. and I will probably see you this afternoon. Yes. Oh, no, Mother, please. You must not bring Junior to my department. But why? Yeah, why? It's a new rule at the store. No salesperson who has a youngster is permitted to work there. No kidding. It's a part of their new juvenile delinquency program. They don't help. <laughs> and if Mr. Fishplace, the manager, finds out that I have a C-H-I-L-D... It's curtains. C-H-I-O-D, huh? So that's how you spell brat, huh? <laughs> oh, there's my bus. Goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye. goodbye. Watch out for me, roller skate. Get up, get up. <laughs> Wait, look at her sitting there talking to a roller skate. Get up. <laughs> Run, you'll miss the bus. Hurry, Run. Me. Hurry, Run. you'll miss the bus. Hurry. 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 Did she make it? Her head did. <laughs> running along the side of the bus there. What? Oh, Junior, why do you frighten me? She got on the bus. I know. I just like to see your eyeballs pop out, Junior. <laughs> oh, boy, how mothers brood over their widow broods, you know. <laughs> Let's get cleaned up, Junior. Now, take your shopping with me. Oh? You going to take some money with you, or are you going to wear the coat with the loose sleeves again? <laughs> Junior, don't talk about me as if I were a shoplifter. Now, let's get to the store before the best things are all picked okay, over. Junior? Junior, where are you? Oh, if you don't watch him every second, he disappears. Uh, could I Ju- help you, madam? I'm the store detective. Oh, yes, please. I've lost my little grandson. He couldn't by any chance be in one of your loose sleeves. No. <laughs> Well, don't worry, madam. I'll find him. I'll have him back with you inside of ten minutes. Couldn't you make it twenty? <laughs> I'll go with you. Oh, good. Now, where should we start looking for him? Well, let's go down this aisle here, where all the people are rubbing their shins. He'll be around there someplace. Now, wait. The elevator's just coming down. I'll ride up to the lost and found department and see if they know anything about it. All right. <laughs> Boy, I never had so much fun with a hat pin in all me life. It must be him. Uh, come with me, son. Yeah, not so fast, fat boy. Not so fast. <laughs> boy, my mummy told me never to go with strangers who offered me candy. Not offering you any candy. You will when I put the pressure on you. <laughs> I've got him, lady. Uh, little boy, don't you know it's dangerous to carry a hat pin around like that? <laughs> I know, but nobody crowded me when I was on the elevator, boy. Junior! 
Hey, Nemo, you found me just in time. This big blimp was trying to kidnap me. <laughs> He's the star detective. Oh, a detective. Well, in that case, I'll just kick him in the shin. Oh, now, what did you do that for? Suppose I was the four-walker. What would you have done? The same thing. I got a one-track mind. <laughs> Junior, Junior, stop that. Good stop that. What have I told you about kicking people with your new shoes on? <laughs> Thank you, officer, for helping me. Yes. It's quite all right. Quite all right. Well, goodbye, little boy. Hello. Let me know when you rob your first bank. Yes. <laughs> Junior, hmm? did you have to kick that nice man in the shins? Yes. Why? That short legs couldn't reach any higher. <laughs> well, from now on, you stay with me. Okay, I stay with you. Oh, look. They're having a sale on slack. Well, wait for me. Wait. Now, where did she go through the people? I can't see. What does she want with slacks? Anyhow, they won't look good on her. She ain't fat enough to wear them. <laughs> now, what can I do with me, widow self? Here all alone. Oh, well, look. There's a notion counter. I'll just go over. Maybe I'll get a notion. <laughs> I told you the notion. Well, look who's behind the counter. Me mummy. I better pretend I don't know her or she knew her job. <laughs> oh, lady. Yes, little boy. <gasps> Junior! Get me! familiar with your customers, please. Now, I told your grandmother not to bring you here. Why? Don't you love me anymore, Mommy? Of course I love you, too. No, you don't. You don't want me around because you don't love me anymore. Yes, I do, darling. No, you don't. Yes, I do. But you see, this store has a rule. No rule. And if I want to keep my job, nobody must know that you're my child. You just don't love it. How much is it worth to you for me to keep my mouth shut? <laughs> Look, you can't bribe me. Huh? And you just wait until I get you home. Here, now, don't you... Oh, dear! What's the matter? What's wrong? Here comes the store manager, Mr. Fish Place. Oh, oh. Oh, here, Junior, here's a dollar. Pretend you don't know me. Oh, I wouldn't take you money. I was only fooling, Mummy. And give that dollar back. I ain't that much of a fool. <laughs> Anything wrong, Lorene? No, no, Mr. Fish Place, no? nothing at all. I was just waiting on this nice little boy. Yeah. Oh, my, my. You are a fine young man. <laughs> uh, where's your mother? Out looking for the stork with a shotgun. Can <laughs> <laughs> I tell him where my mother is? No, no. No, no. It's no. a fish place. I happen to know that this little boy came here with his grandmother. Yes, yes. Oh, in that case, uh, where is your grandmother? She's in the book department. Oh, she's literary. No, she's a bookie. <laughs> Junior. Oh, finish Felton, they calls her. <laughs> Would you care to lay a couple of bucks on some pig in the third at Pimlico? <laughs> Sardine boy? His name is Fishface. Huh? Fishface! Uh, I'm not here to strike up new friendships. I want to buy something. I uh, want to buy something. Doreen, will you take care of the little boy? I certainly will. He don't mean that way. He don't mean that way. Very well. <laughs> little boy, what is it you want? I'd like to buy something for me, Mummy. Oh, now that's sweet. Yeah. What, for instance? Oh, maybe some bobby socks with some bobby pins to hold them up with. Well, what size stocking does your mother wear? Well, does you have anything that'll fit a ball bat? Hmm? What? Yeah, you just stand a baseball bat on a surfboard and you got the right size, boy. <laughs> just wait until I get you home. Careful, careful. Old Feast Face is looking. Old oh. Feast Face is looking. Well, uh, maybe you just better take the bobby pins. Yes, I'll take the bobby pins. Would you wrap them as a gift, please? Now, look, this is a little ridiculous. Oh, it is, huh? You better wrap it as your gift, boy, that bobby pin pack, or this place is going to smell from broken perfume bottles. No, no, don't touch that sack of bottles. I'll wrap the package of pins. Good, that's better. On second thought, you better wrap them separately. (laughs) 
It's more fun when you get a lot of packages, you know. And third, I'll take some of that perfume over there. I'll get it right there. I'll get Will that for get her. Out of here? No, I want that bottle of perfume, the one at the bottom of the stack oh, right no! here. Oh no! Get the airwick, quick! Get the airwick! <laughs> Little boy, I think we'd better find your grandmother. You don't have to. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. The minute I heard that crash. Well, Lorene, aren't you going to punish the boy? Why, madam, why should I? Well, you're his mother, aren't you? You're his what? What have I done? You let the cat out of the upset apple cart, blabbermouth. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on and let you lose her job. You told her. Get up off the floor. Somebody might step on you and sprain their ankle. <laughs> What's this about you being the boy's mother? I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, no. She's never seen this child before. Grandma, you better hurry and think of something fast because old Feet Snoot here is going to fire her and you'll have to go back to your old job in television as a stand-in for gorgeous George. <laughs> well, I'm waiting for an answer. My good yeah. man, you don't think this girl could be this boy's mother, do you? Well, now that you mention it, they do look a lot alike. Oh, we does, does we? Well, smarty pants, then which one of us has the Tony? Thanks for being with us tonight. We hope you liked our program well enough to be with us next week. So until next Friday... This is Red Skelton saying goodbye now. Thanks for listening and thanks for buying more and more of that Wash Day miracle, Tide. Tide in, dirt out. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. T-I-D-E, Tide. Listen to the life of Riley coming on. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The Saint, followed by The Life of Riley. Thanks to Joel Shonwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.